Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn how to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Laurie, and this show isn't just about movement and nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of that childhood trauma while you're at it. Today, I'm joined by Ray Cook, who is someone who's struggled with weight management and health as a whole for much of his early life. Ray turned his challenges and lack of knowledge around exercise and nutrition into an opportunity to build a career around transforming the lives of others with similar backgrounds. Specifically, Ray helps busy parents overcome the stresses of life, lack of time, and the exhaustion that comes with being a working parent so that the parents he coaches can be the best that they can for their children. When Ray isn't training clients and working as a strength coach at a local high school, he enjoys spending time with his wife and newborn daughter playing drums and video games. During this episode, Ray and I discuss topics such as mindset and mental health towards fat loss, nutrition tendencies related to stress and self-perception, home workouts and how they can be effective in combating the no time excuse to work on someone. I'm really excited to share this with you. How are you going this morning, Ray? You know, not too bad, Lori. A little bit sleepy, but I'm doing good. How are you? I am good. We just actually, Ray and I were just chatting beforehand and we were both speaking about how we're both tired at different phases in our lives, but Ray is a new dad. So I feel like sleepy is, is a valid kind of feeling. <laughs> it's perpetual. It, it never goes away like at all. You think it does. And I talked to my wife about this five minutes before we got on here. And I'm like, you know, I never realized how tired I am until I lay down. And then I don't remember a thing from the second I hit the pillow every time. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes total sense. Um, I'm very, very passionate about sleep. And I'm very excited to speak to you personally. I follow you on LinkedIn of all places. Like I'm, a, nice. I'm an executive leader. So of course, I'm on LinkedIn a lot, getting lots of DMs from people that want to sell stuff to me, but also networking with amazing people. Um, and I love how simple you break down exercise with your home workouts, but then also your holistic view of fitness. So I'm curious, and I'm going to start this podcast, how I start every podcast of what was like, why do you help people in the way that you, you help people today? What's your journey? Yeah. So do you want like the long drawn out one or do you want like what do you want? Um, give me the long story. The long story. Okay. We're going to go with the flashback then. So <laughs> it was, I was like 19 when this all really started right now. I'm 29, almost 30 for reference. So when I was 19, I was going through just whatever you do. When you graduate high school, you start going into work, like yada, yada, yada. But I was enjoying chilling not having to be anywhere. Like I was starting up at community college for a little while. That was that totally fine. But I was working. I wasn't really thinking about what I was doing. And all before this, like years as I was growing up, I was playing soccer. So that ended when I stopped like with high school and I graduated. That was done working all the time. I worked as a dishwasher at the time. So I was decently active, but not active. You're just moving stuff around. But it's hotter than crap in the back of those rooms. So I was doing that. But when I get home, it's just I would chill. So it's like over the culmination of, God, six months to a year. I don't even remember the exact time frame. I ended up putting on about 30 pounds. I was deconditioned. I was feeling like crap. And it wasn't until one of my best friends came over and we were just having a game night, basically. And he lived like less than a mile down the road. So he's like, dude, I totally forgot my stuff at home. I'm like, okay, fine. Let's go get it. So in my head as a previous soccer player, I'm like, let's run to your house and get it. It's less than a mile away. No big deal. So we did that. Well, awful like the second we left to the second we got to his house i'm like gasping for breath in my head i'm like i'm gonna die today because i've yeah. never felt this bad in my life so like that in my eyes was like the first strike or like notch on the piece or whatever you want to call it but from that point like the next morning i don't know why i chose the next morning but i did i'm like i'm gonna see how much I weigh. like let's see where things are at and i got on it and for me i saw 200 and when i saw 200 i was like oh shit like, I didn't know what had happened at that point. Cause in yeah. my head, I'm like, I've always been like 165, 170. To see yeah. that was like the biggest awakening. But that didn't mean that, like, from that point on, like, I'm going to change it all. It probably took me a couple of weeks or so to like actually figure out, like, am I going to do this? Like, should I make this change? How do I make this change? But for me, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, all I've known growing up was run and that was it. Like, just run because soccer is just running. Like, you got skill work in there too. But we never trained. We never had resistance training involved. 
it was just run a lot. Mm. So I looked up on Google, like how to lose the love handles for me specifically. Cause like, <laughs> looking in the mirror, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm squishy. But granted, <laughs> I have always been squishy. Like I will say that growing up, I was always the fat kid that would get laughed at, joked about, but I was like a strong defender in soccer. So I'd chase people down and it would mm. always end well, but I was never this small guy, but as the weight accumulated and my weight or my muscle definitely like left, I was much different looking and felt much different by the time I hit that 200. Mm. So after those couple of weeks of contemplation, looking onto Google, I went with like what I thought was like, this is a decent plan. This will get me to my goals of weight loss. And it did. I did three miles of running every single day and I ate less than a thousand calories. And the way I did that was I was at work and I would just get a chicken salad every single day. And I would have like an egg and toast for breakfast. That was it. And I lost weight in less than four months. Like yeah. all 60 pounds all went off. Felt awful. I did not like where I was at. It was actually worse off than I was because I lost all my muscle mass too. And I looked sick. I was like, what the hell happened? Yeah. So I didn't know what was going on at that point. So get burned out. All these things happen at this point. I'm back in school. Like I'm doing the community college thing. And after a little while, my wife and I were like, this is like years down the road, by the way. Nothing at this point has changed. I just kept doing my thing. Um, my wife and I got married. So we got married. I started working for my dad in transportation. And I'm like, I just, I don't like what I'm doing. I'm feeling I'm taking all this negative energy from work into my relationship. And being newly married, like as you'll very soon find out, everything changes in like your head, but nothing really changes. Like the only yeah. thing for us to change was the fact that neither of us liked sleeping next to somebody. So that was a whole separate thing. Mm-hmm. But um, I was pulling all this negative energy into my relationship and was like, this can't be good. So we reevaluated, we talked and I'm like, I'd never realized at that point that I wanted to become what I am now, which is like a trainer and nutrition coach and everything in between. I was just like, I don't like what I'm doing, but I liked it when I was learning about fitness. And I've been learning all this time through fitness people on YouTube and my continuing education stuff just for myself of interest. And I was like, I want to go back to do this. So I did, I went back to school. I went into physical therapy clinics to work just to learn. And it was just, it kept developing to the point that it's like, this is my job. Like I want to be in that time, a physical therapist. Mm -hmm. But then over time I was like, one, I didn't want to get a doctorate. I'm like, Mm -hmm. that sounds like something I don't want to do at all. But then like this just kind of fell in where it was like, I can help people on such a deeper level in the way I want to by becoming a trainer that it was just, it hit. And I didn't know what it was, but that just pulled me in. So then to get to more of like the online scene, like that was just a rapid fire of like 10 years, by the way. So a lot of stuff happened between there. But at a certain point, I was working at a physical therapy clinic after graduating college and we were putting my wife through college at this time, COVID hit. And as an in-person trainer, you don't have much choice. You either switch Mm. your career or you get really creative with what you're doing. So I didn't actually come up with the idea to start this. One of my clients did. They were like, hey, you know, I don't want to miss all that I've done up to this point. Is there any way we can do like something on FaceTime or Zoom to where we can do our workouts like this? I'm like, that's a pretty damn good idea. Like, why not? So we started that up while I was working at the clinic. Well, then a couple of months later, I think it was like two months later. This is I think March 2021, something like that. That's when it all the- kicked off. I think it was March 17 or March 20. I remember that oh. date well. Awful. Yeah, I know it was the 17. I, I remember 17. It was yeah, weird so I flew here on the 20th then. It was a yeah, terrible exactly. time, but continue. Oh, terrible time. <laughs> to be the in COVID. fitness. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, this is where like everything upends. You're like, shit, I'm out of a job. I don't know what to do. So all that happened. And uh, at that point, we figured it out. We mapped it out. I was working with all my people on Zoom and it was fine. Never conceptualized that this was actually like a great job to have in terms of like online presence and everything, Mm. but it was, it took off, but then the building I worked at burned down. And then I'm like, well, God, now we're really out of a job and like, I can't go anywhere. So my wife was just in the end of her schooling and would basically had nothing to do over there. It's like, I don't have a job now. So I actually managed to take all of the clients I was working with. Most of my clients that wanted to do zoom and I formed my own business. And at Mm. first it was just like mostly around physical therapy because that's all that I really knew at the time. But then I hired my own like business coaches and they were like, dude, you got to dig into like what you went through. What did you actually go through to get to where you are now? 
And from that point, it became more like, well, I'm only here because of my fat loss journey. Like, that's the only reason I'm even doing this. So Mm. I started digging more and more and more. And it just kind of evolved into this, like, I'm helping all of these people, not only with rehabbing from physical therapy, but also working on their health goals in all these spectrums. And it's never just weight loss or fat loss. It's like, what's going on up here is a massive piece of it. If I can get you stronger and functional, crap, we fix a whole bunch of things. And then the fat loss piece all comes together. And it's just this awesome synced up process that ends up working out for everybody. And it's like, this is awesome. I love this. So it just kind of formulated in that way where I was back here and then all things in life kicked me in the face. We got to this point and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. So that's, I guess, the meat and potatoes of the whole thing. For sure. No, that's an awesome story. And there's so much to it, like your own personal journey of figuring out what you want to do and kind of putting on weight, whether it was from the stress of it or whether it was from the just not training anymore with soccer. I know that a lot of people, they struggle after college or after high school Mm -hmm. because they're not doing all of that exercise. Um, But then also like your own fat loss journey. I do want to dig into a little bit um, eating less than 1000 calories and running like crazy. So you've obviously learned a lot now. And this is a two-pronged question. If somebody was 200 pounds, they wanted to get down to 160 pounds and they mm-hmm. wanted to do it within six, it, within four months, mm-hmm. how would you advise them to do that now? Oh, yeah. If like meeting that goal, but then mm-hmm. add the other layer of like, what's the realistic timeline? So first, yeah. like using that timeline, then second, because I, you can lose 40 pounds in four months if you want, but what's a healthier mm-hmm. way to do it? Yeah. Yeah, that's my question. <laughs> I love it. No, and I'm, honestly, I'll probably forget the second piece. Maybe. We'll and just see. ask me again. Just ask me again. <laughs> I will ask you again for <laughs> like sure. Like if you were going to David Goggins it, like what would you do oh, differently? <laughs> yeah. So like, let's go off the side of like, you, you said you could totally lose that weight in four months. I am very much a testament to that. I lost 60 pounds in four months. You can do it. But it comes with a <laughs> big ass cost that none of us realize until we're out of it. So yeah. it's like, uh, the way I talk to this about or with people, because I have that question a lot, which is where it's like, I want to lose this weight in like six months. And it's not 40 pounds. It's like 100 pounds. And I'm like, that's totally fair. I can see where you want to do this. You're going to feel better. Your joints are going to actually love you. It's going to be a much better process in life for you. However, like if that's going to happen, it's not going to take that amount of time. And I love that you think it can, but we got to get into realism here where it's like realistically, and we say this all the time as professionals, or it's like, you should aim for like two pounds of weight loss a week, like maximum. If you're largely overweight, you're going to lose more than that. Like you just are. But that's something that we don't really talk about a lot because a lot of people are like, they're so stuck on this two pounds a week. I get it. But when you start to really work on the process of it, you can lose it quickly. And then you're going to just plateau and burn out for a bit. Well, maybe not burn out, but plateau for a little bit. And then you can start working on the areas that are maybe weaker. And then you can start to see that decline again. But all the time I have to start and realize or talk about this with people to help them realize it's not going to take that quick of a turn. You have to really come back, take a step back and see you know what, what is actually realistic? It didn't take me six months to put on this extra hundred pounds. Let's go off your example of 40 pounds. It took longer. So it's going to take longer than what you think it's going to take to lose it. So we yeah. have to kind of step back and realize what's actually making sense to us right now. But yeah. then a lot of people will say, well, if I reduce my calories a lot and I just run like I did, I'm yeah. like, you can do that. One, you don't need me to do that. You can go run yourself, do it all yourself. That's totally cool. Or we can do it in a way that makes sense. We can get you stronger, much more functional, and get you to the point where you actually enjoy your process of going through this and your life throughout this entire process. And it's not going to suck by the time you lose the weight. But let's be honest, you may not lose all that weight. You may end up getting Mm -hmm. like five pounds shy of it, be stronger, feel better, love your body, and be like, screw it. I don't want to hit that number because I'm already happy as hell with where I am. It just takes that little bit of a step back of realizing it's not the weight that you want. It's the life that you want. Yeah. That's what we're looking for. For sure. No, so I, I hope that I answered with that you there. question. Definitely. I think there's another layer to it though, is like mm-hmm. eating less than 1000 calories and running makes sense on paper mm-hmm. because it's less than calories in calories out. 
but mm-hmm. the issue, as you know, is that you're not building muscle mass. You're probably not getting enough protein and not building muscle mass. So you're not really making changes. Well, you may be making changes to your basal metabolic rate, but you're actually making your body more inefficient. So if yeah. somebody was saying, let's just say you've done the calculations, you've figured out how somebody can have a 7,000 calorie deficit per week, because mm, yep. it's 3,500 3, calories is, you know, one pound of weight loss. Yep. So how would you just, how would you help somebody structure their diet in a way that's going mm. to help them um, actually not reduce their metabolism? You know, if yeah. somebody's wanting this crazy 7,000 calorie, like, is it possible? Or would you just recommend, mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? Like just lose one pound a week. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the proper way to go about this. And when I say proper, yeah. I don't mean like, let's go buy the book. I mean like off the person. <laughs> Like, let's use that thousand calorie deficit per day, for example. Yeah. If you're always eating, like right now, you're like 1300 calories, because that's about the ballpark where people come to me at, like 12 to 13. You're really thinking it's realistic to eat 200 to 300 calories a day now? Like, here's your carrot, survive. Like, that's all you're going to have the ability to do. But now you're going to become protein deficient, very micronutrient deficient. You're going to lose out on all the benefits of life, meaning like if you go out to see a friend, that chance they're going to be able to enjoy whatever they're even looking at because you can't stare at it for more than two seconds before you add on all that weight. But it's like, there's so much more to this than just the calorie deficit. Like you're saying, it's not just calories in, calories out, even though that will get you to your goals, it all becomes what's going on here. So if we can shift the focus of like, well, you might need to be in that deficit. There might be smarter ways to do it. So in that aspect, instead of doing like a thousand calorie deficit every single day, which is two pounds of weight loss per week, roughly, if we're going about it like perfectly and the book's beautiful, that aspect, let's just reduce that a little bit. Let's maybe go with like a 300 calorie deficit every single day. Mm. Or if let's say you're one of those people that you can do a deficit super well during the week, but the weekend comes and you become like the darkest version of yourself and quadruple the amount of calories you have. Well, that's a problem. So maybe plan for those days. So what you might do is have a steeper deficit Monday through Friday, maybe like super hypothetical. And then Saturday, Sunday, you bolster it a little bit. Your deficit's mm. not going to be as deep. Maybe it's going to be at a maintenance level, but it's allowing for that day to just be like, let's go hard. Not ideal, but plan for these things because mm. then you're going to have to actually realize where you're coming up short and the things that you can evaluate and work on. So that's the big piece, but also kind of going back to the, micro, the micronutrient deficiency piece. If you're that low in calories, you're missing out on everything. Yeah. Like protein, micronutrients are going to be way off. Everything's going to start to feel off for you, let mm-hmm. alone sleep and stress. Like everything's going to stack against you the second you start to go really, really, really low. And it's not a fun game. For sure. I think there's a massive focus on your macronutrients. So why are the micronutrients important too? Mm-hmm. So let's kind of look at the macros first in that aspect. The macronutrients obviously are going to help you drive everything that we're going to see, like energy output, of course, building with the protein, of course, there's always the like weird back and forth conversation of carbs and fats, which maybe that's leveling out now. (laughs) I don't know, but it seems like people are still on the side of like, well, you have to be either high carb or you have to be either high fat, Like you can be in between and you don't even have to look at those things to see the best results. Like realistically, if you're just looking at your protein and your calories, and you're hitting that calorie range, never like a specific goal, but a range, odds are you're probably doing a pretty damn good job. Mm. And you don't need to stress out about the carbs and the fats. However, they all stack up anyway. But looking more at the micronutrient piece, like you're saying, that's going to control everything else. Like if your micronutrients are off, you're going to have a weird cascade effect of everything going on in your body to where it's like, you're going to feel off. Let's like use example like hair. Like I'll be realistic. I don't have very much hair anymore. That's just life. Like that didn't get the good hair gene. But for like women that go on a micronutrient, like not on a micronutrient deficiency, but they have some kind of micronutrient deficiency. They're not getting it up in. The micronutrient deficiency diet. Oh God. Yeah. We won't even go down that road. Don't start it, Lori. (laughs) I know you would, but no, no. When it comes to like what can happen with that stuff, it's like, what if your hair becomes brittle? Like you're going to start to notice all these things kind of cascade down. Maybe vision becomes a little bit blurry. Maybe your blood pressure starts to have all these different effects going on. Like all of a sudden you're spiking or you're dropping. You don't know those things necessarily until it's kind of too late. You're in the Mm -hmm. doctor's office and you're just looking at it and they're like, so by the way, you got this going on, which 
I'll say this doctor's office and stress is always a whole different thing. Take your blood pressure all the time. If you're really that concerned and then show your doctor. But realistically, we don't know these things going on in our body because we just don't see the blood work. We see the outside appearance for the most part, but then we get to all these points where it's like, here's some blood work. All this stuff is just toast. You're screwed, but you don't know it in the moment because you're like, I feel decent because you've managed to successfully lie to yourself this whole time saying, I can survive through this. I can make this happen. You're right. You can, but then you just came out of it worse off than you were. And now all your stuff's working against you. Yeah. So micronutrients have a weird way of impacting many, many areas in our life that we just don't give them credit for. And that's not to say like, I won't paint this false facade that I'm just like the micronutrient expert by any means. Hell no, absolutely not. But I've seen the negative repercussions of what can happen when you do have micronutrient deficiencies. And that's the problem that we try to combat. Are you tired of constantly feeling burnt out while trying to achieve your goals? Do you find yourself struggling to maintain motivation and productivity over long periods of time? I'd like to introduce you to the Goal Getting Journal, the ultimate solution for those of you who want to surpass their goals without burning out. Our journal is designed to help you set achievable goals, track your progress, and maintain a healthy work-life balance. With our journal, you'll discover practical strategies for managing stress, staying motivated, and avoiding burnout, including time blocking, habit stacking, and so much more. You'll also learn how to prioritize your tasks and maximize your productivity so you can get more done in less time. The Goal Getting Journal is perfect for anyone who wants to achieve their goals without sacrificing their mental health and well-being. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, or just someone who wants to make any positive change in your life, the Goal Getting Journal can help you stay on track and avoid burnout. And for Holistic Fitness Podcast listeners, you can get 20% off your first journal using the code HFPODCAST. Go to goalgettingjournal.com and type HF podcast at checkout to get your discount. So what are you waiting for? Order the Goal Getting Journal today and start getting your goals without burning out. Yeah, absolutely. Micronutrients facilitate so many cellular processes and Mm -hmm. we focus on the macro so much. And if Mm -hmm. we just focus on the macro, we can end up just eating like chicken, eggs, eggs, white and rice when it's actually like if we just break it down to like eat well most of the time and if you're not yeah. tracking your calories and you keep on putting weight then maybe track them for three months to figure out how much you're actually eating like it really yeah. is that simple but we like to complicate things <laughs> oh my god and again going back to like the tracking side people don't realize like how difficult tracking can be and when yeah. i get approached from people and they're just like i want to track food it's like cool we'll test it but then they become like obsessive and then they start yeah. freaking out about the numbers that they're getting which I get to a certain point, like you want to be on it, you want to see where you're at. But when you start becoming obsessive with it and you start to like revolve around the tracking, we now have another problem. Lovely. Let's work on this. So it's more like something that I'll talk about with a lot of my people is we never start with tracking or for the most part with most people I work with, we don't touch it yet because you're not Mm -hmm. ready for it. You kind of have to earn the right to be able to track by looking at like what's going on. So it's like, sometimes we'll start out with simple, like, I want you to take a picture of this food because at least then we can start the awareness practice of like, what are you actually eating? Because then when I get like 15 pictures, like pizza, lasagna, you ate out four times this week. Then it's an easy conversation. Like, well, do you think it's reasonable to lose weight eating what you're eating right now when all those things are calorie dense? And they're like, oh, I guess when you put it that way, no. Cool. Mm -hmm. We didn't need to track the food for me to tell you this. But then as we start to evolve and we get stronger with our understanding, then you can start to track food. But it all becomes this interplay of like, where are you at? Just because it is calories in, calories out, doesn't mean you're going to easily be able to flip the switch that you've had for all these years and just magically fix it. We have to work on this or else it's all going to be for naught. I love that. I love that you mentioned that as well, because I do think the problem with tracking your calories is, well, there's two, like education, when you're not educated and then you're focusing too much on the macronutrients because... um, Mm -hmm. On the premium my fitness pal you get the macronutrients mm-hmm. but not necessarily like the breakdown of all the micronutrients so education yeah. on what is one and then number two is your mindset and perfectionism is this huge thing where it's like oh i must be perfect because yeah. we've been told like you have to get a's in school you have to be a good girl or whatever you've been fed 
Um, as a trainer, and I know you're really big on mindset, what are the like most mm-hmm. common detrimental mindset you see? Yeah. So definitely like self-abuse for lack of a better term, where it's yeah. like maybe not like physical self-harm, but like the mental act of just constantly berating yourself. Like mm. that's a big one that I see. And I struggled with that. Like that's the piece that I can relate to a lot with people when it comes to this is it's like, I would walk past the mirror and easily identify like, shit, dude, you look like trash. And I would say that every single day. Great. That's really strong for your self-esteem. That's going to help you a lot. But so many of us do that. So that Mm. self-abuse in that aspect is a big piece. But then another piece kind of like going off of that, I guess, like a second tier of that is the relationship people have not only with themselves, but with food and the scale. And I don't mean like the weight, the food scale. I mean like the weight scale that they like to hide under their sink, step out on and be like, I'm going to check it today. Even though they know that day was a shit day. And they're like, I'm going to test. Where am I at? And then they look and their whole day is destroyed. Ruined. Yeah. All because they wanted to see the number that they knew they wouldn't see. And it's like, just get rid of the damn thing. Like, Mm. and kind of like anecdote or story about this is I had a recent client come to me and we were talking about the scale. And she never thought about the scale in that capacity. And on our call, she started getting choked up and a little bit teary. And she's like, I asked her, like, what's going on? You good? She's like, I've never once realized that the scale had this much power over me. And within that day, I'm like, okay, well, you got to get rid of the damn scale. Like, get it out of your house or something or have your boyfriend hide it. So she's like, I gave it to my boyfriend, gave it to my mom, and I have no idea where they put it. Like, perfect. But it's this thing that we don't realize we're doing because we're so invested in it, but we don't realize how invested we are until it's maybe not too late, but it's taken a big toll on your life and you just don't understand it. So I would yeah. say like those are the top two in that aspect. Realizing how much power an inanimate object has over you must have been a scary realization for your client. I couldn't believe it. Like I'd never seen that breakdown. And like, mm. I've worked with a decent amount of people. I'm not going to say I've worked with like bajillions. I've worked with a decent amount of people to say that it's like, okay, that's, that's not okay. That's a big hit. And I can't imagine you're the only person that's dealing with this. Mm. So it's, it was one of those that kind of put it all into perspective of like, this is why what I do. And this is why I ask all the questions that I do is it's to get us thinking and realizing just like, what are you giving your power to what's taking you over? Because it's mm-hmm. no longer you versus you. It's you versus everything else you've stacked against yourself. For sure. And I think it boils down to expectations, right? We have a specific expectation. And when we don't meet that expectation, we just lose our shit. Like um, I'm thinking of a specific client, like whenever she'd get to a period, she couldn't lift as heavy and didn't have as much energy. And she'd like apologize for not having enough energy and love it to death. But it's like your body goes through, like whether you are a menstruator or not, like you're going to have low days. And it's when you you allow that expectation to kind of take over that Mm -hmm. your day can really get ruined. It can just go in the dumps. And Mm. you just, like you said, you don't realize it till you're there and kind of stemming off of your idea of like the weights, like in terms of like what you're lifting, you feel weaker and stuff on those days, especially when you girls are in your period. Like I get you, if you don't (laughs) want to lift this stuff, don't lift this stuff, but if you up for it, go for it. And like, that's always a conversation I have with my girls. It's like, look, if you feel strong enough to lift it, lift it. But if you're starting to feel stuff go on, maybe reconsider what you're doing today. But yeah. even aside from like period and time of the month and stuff, or whenever yours kicks in, recognize that it's okay. And this is to all of you ladies out there, recognize it's totally okay and normal for you to have days that just suck ass where it's like, you're yes. not going to feel good and your weights aren't going to move as easily that's okay. You're not any less than you are when you walked into that gym last week. That's normal. You're going to feel like you have crap days. That's okay. Take a step back, breathe through it, realize, you know what, this is a growth opportunity. Get in, get out, move on. It does not define how far you've come. It's just a day. Exactly. And choosing the focus on the fact that you made it through the doors as well. You made it through the doors of the gym or you got out your your yoga mat when you're in house to do your home workout, even when you yep. felt like crap, that is yeah. what matters. Absolutely. It's the habit. You're building the habit around just showing up. Even when you feel like utter shit, just do what you can. Five minutes to sit. Okay, cool. Let's do it today. Then tomorrow, different story. Let's go. Exactly. 
I tell you something else about like mindset specifically um, mm-hmm. that I used to do. And I remembered it when you shared your running story about the one mile that you ran and you were like, oh my goodness, I'm going to die. So <laughs> I used to tell myself, this was in my early twenties that I couldn't run. Like I was allergic to running. So like <laughs> I did gymnastics and dance growing up. So it was more power rather than endurance. Yeah, like it, it yeah. was a short burst of energy. And every time I ran, I like felt like there was blood in my throat. I was like coughing and I'm like, maybe I'm just a wee bit asthmatic when it comes to running or something. Like I can't tell you, it was like this burning in my throat, but I figured out because I'm like, I'm going to crack this. I'm going to get past this mindset thing and I'm going to figure out what I was doing. So I had told my story, this story, I can't run for so long. And I believed that I couldn't run. And it ended up being that I was just running too fast. Oh no. So, yeah. Like I'm just like zoomies, just like trying to run really fast. And yeah. like it was okay to like run as fast as a power walk and then you get oh, faster God. from there. But I just think that is such a funny mindset story that kind of popped up yeah. in my head of how you can prevent yourself from doing something just because you like don't know how yet or or just like haven't seen evidence of how you can do it. Well, and it's so funny. Like, I love that you phrased it that way too. Cause like, I'm sure was this kind of early on in your career of like learning all this? Yeah. Like I was in the same boat. Like I knew nothing when it came to the running at that point. And like, now we could look at it and be like, okay, well that's probably an anaerobic threshold response. You're hitting that top tier of it. And you're just like, oh, this I can't sustain for long. <laughs> but in that moment, you're like, you don't know very much. You're like, holy shit, I should never do this. I'm allergic. And it, it makes some sense because you're like, what is this awful feeling? Yep, that'll be it. But it's so funny to hear it that way because it's like, oh, yeah, when you don't know what you're doing, anything that's like a normal physiological response is going to be like, oh, my God, I'm dying. This is the worst thing for me to do. <laughs> Balance. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of excuses, though, I find like the biggest excuses are like um, no time or no money. Um, so can you tell me a little bit more about like fitness in the context of those two excuses? That is a deep loaded conversation. I'm so glad you brought it up, but I'm just like, (laughs) oh, that's, that's one that I hear every day, like without fail, even on days, I don't have calls with new potential clients. It's one of those conversations I have with current clients. It's like, let's start with the time one. We'll get to the investment money side in just a second. I always call bullshit on the time one. And I love you all to death. And I say this to my clients. I'm like, I love you so much, but you have time. You're not perceiving that you have the time though that you need to invest in yourself. Meaning like a lot of us, and I did this myself too, where you think you need at least an hour to two hours of time to specifically work out in the day. And that's just not true. Like if you can muster 20 to 30 minutes, maybe even 10 on a certain day, you can make some serious progress if you're consistent with it. Now, I'm not going to say it might come as fast as if you did an hour every single day or if you did an hour four to five times a week, but that's not the point. The point is, can we do this long-term and sustainably? Because like my approach with this is I don't want to help people with a quick fix because mine was a quick fix that ended in disaster. Like that's not how I operate. So it's more or less now where it's like, I want you to figure out what you can do sustainably for your life. That's not to say you're with me forever. Some people have been with me since I started my business and working, but other people have just started with me. And the concept is lay your foundation, move forward, knowing that all this shit in life will happen. And when you get smacked in the face of the two by four, how do you react? So learning that literally 10 to 20 minutes, 30 minutes, upwards of an hour, you can do so much with any of those time intervals, but you have to know what you're doing to make it more efficient, more effective for you. Mm. Now, that's kind of the timepiece. And I always say it in that way because I'm like, now, especially as a new dad, I'm like, I'm a new dad. I own my own business. I'm always doing something. I don't have time. Like, I could easily say, like, I don't have time to do anything. Like, I can't work out. But it's a non negotiable for me. And that's the big piece to always spend at least 30 to 45 minutes doing stuff for myself physically. And then I have mm-hmm. 30 to 45 minutes for myself working on mentally and nutritionally. But you have to be structured and figure out that those are non-negotiables that you will always do and never miss. Not to say seven days a week. I would say if you're sitting at like two to five days, beautiful. Mm. You can do this. But sitting in that concept of like, you don't have time because you think you need an hour or more. You're not right. You need to step back and reevaluate and be like, it's okay. 
I don't need that amount of time. I just need a couple of intervals and stay consistent on top of it as much as I can. And that's what I have to expect. Not perfection, but something. Mm. Cool. Then we're good. So that's kind of the approach with time that I take. If you can only get in your warm up, I'm happy for you. Let's move on to the next day and let's see what the next day brings. That's time. When it comes to money, oh, that's a whole other conversation. Because now it's like, we can go with this any route we want to go. Some people, and I'll throw out like different hypotheticals. Some people will go with like, they don't have money to go to the gym. Okay. You don't have money to buy your own equipment. Okay. You don't have money to invest in a personal trainer to help you. Okay, cool. All of those are super valid. Do you have a couch? Well, yeah. Okay. Then why do you need money? You can do so many things off your couch. You have a Safeway bag or a bag that you go to the store with that you can put some stuff in. Yeah. Okay. Well, then you don't need weight because you can add stuff in those bags to get creative and move. All this is about is getting creative. Like that's, I think that's the mountain I'll probably end up dying on that in time is it's like, you don't need money. You don't need all these things to make these changes, mm. but you do need creativity. That's what you need. So it's like, as weird as it sounds like I work with a lot of people at home, like they just do their workouts from home and I'll have people doing like the weirdest crap that should require dumbbells that we're using with Safeway bags. Cause that's the story that we have around us loaded with cans of soup, bottles of water, or textbooks. That's awesome. That's what we'll use. And it's like, you know what? That's going to get you so much further than you constantly telling yourself, I can't go to the gym, so I just can't work out. Mm. Like, you can. You just got to get creative. Now, do those things weigh 50 pounds? No, probably not. But you can get creative with how you structure your stuff to where it still fatigues you. Wonderful. Let's roll with that. And then over time, like, I'll have people, like, we'll talk about resistance bands and stuff with them because like that you can go so far with and they're relatively inexpensive you can take that anywhere you can go on vacation like i tell people bring like one band with you and a set of handles with you on vacation and do like one workout one don't focus on doing your workouts on vacation that's stupid but let's focus on doing a little bit so you don't lose everything cool. mm. and then they're so much better by the time they get back because they're like that was dope i got a lot out of this so it really just depends on that creativity piece with the money aspect is you don't have to have all the money in the world. You can get creative. Now, if you can afford to go with those investments, cool. That's going to help you massively, but it's not the only way. Exactly. Yeah. I get super triggered when people say they don't have the money to do X, Y, and Z, whether it's in a fitness context or a business context. And I think it's because I grew up low income and I think like, I wish that I had more empathy for people in yeah. those situations. And I'm like, it's an excuse though, because, um, you know, everything I've achieved in my lives and even like surrounding yourself by people that have achieved different things. Like you read these stories of, of self-starter entrepreneurs and mm -hmm. all of that. And, and it's the same with fitness as well. There's so many YouTube videos out there. There's so many, um, like even if you think about calisthenics, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like push-ups, yeah. like, like your whole body weight, let's just say you weigh 160 pounds, like lifting 160 pounds off the ground with your arms. Like, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's not an easy so, task. Exactly. And my brother growing up, he used to fill up um, milk bottles with rice. And mm -hmm. that was that was a way to do it. So, um, awesome. but I will say by investing in a personal trainer, you A, will get more education by investing in a coach or investing in a gym membership. Yes, you have more resources now. But mm -hmm. if you don't have available resources, you need to be resourceful, which is bringing in that creativity, which I love that you do with your clients. Yeah. And it makes it more fun because then they realize that they're empowered to do literally anything. They're not stuck to one place or one thing. They can do anything. Yeah. And that just, that builds them up in a whole different capacity. I like to get more clarity. Like a lot of my clients after like they've been with me for a bit, they'll end up getting like power blocks, like which is adjustable weights or they get the mm. bands or they get a bench for home. But it's because they want to. They don't have exactly. to. And that's the big piece. Is like then they kind of actually become invested in themselves. And they're like, oh my God, I can get all this cool stuff for myself and have it readily available. And it's just me doing the workout. Now, some mm -hmm. people hate to do their workouts on their own. I totally get you. But a lot of people that like to do their workouts from home, you can have so much success doing just that stuff at home. And you just keep it simple and you make a huge impact. For sure. And when somebody gets a habit first and then buys the equipment, it ensures the equipment doesn't gather dust because sometimes right. when you buy the Lululemon, like you buy all this stuff because you're excited, but then it just uh -huh. ends up gathering dust. 
Oh God. Or like the outfits that sit in the back of the closet or like I've seen the dads with like the bow flex, like my dad, for example, I love my dad to death, <laughs> but he's always got these pieces of equipment that always accrue stuff. I'm like, that is the sickest piece of equipment. Where the hell did it go? And it's always like covered and stuff. And that's typical where people get treadmills, they get bow flexes, just get equipment in general when they're not really ready for it. Or maybe they're just not wanting it. Mm-hmm. And they just don't realize that they don't want it in that moment or that life just gets too crazy and they forget about it. And it just gathers dust, becomes a coat hanger, and like, maybe not. Hey, Holistic Fitness fam, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Ned. As you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement, and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high-energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals, And sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's products are... All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leith, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee, L-O-R-I-L-E-E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going to open up the floor to you now, Ray. So you have a wealth of knowledge. So can you, is there anything that, you know, you haven't shared during this conversation that you really, really wanted to share with everyone today? Hmm. That I really wanted to share? Oh, yeah. Or like anything, anything health and fitness that we haven't spoken about that you just feel like is going to be interesting for people to listen to. Sure. I think, I think a lot of times people get hung up on plans. Like Mm -hmm. as weird as that sounds, like we always, like, I'm a big planner. Like if I don't have something in my plan, I'm probably not going to do it. And I don't mean my workout plan. I mean my daily stuff. Like if I got to go to the store and I don't fully intend on doing that the day before shit hits the fam, I'm not happy to go to the store now, but if I know that I got to go to the store, I can prepare myself mentally to go do this. Mm -hmm. But weirdly enough, the same thing applies to everything we're doing for health and fitness too. So it's like, when it comes to what you're doing for nutrition, when it comes to what you're doing for your workouts, I'm not saying this plan has to be perfect, but you should have a plan that you can pull from so that instead mm-hmm. of going to like, let's say you go to the gym and you get in and you see like that circle of machines and like this setup makes some sense to me when realistically it makes sense to nobody, but you're going to get in it. You're going to run the circle and you're going to leave. Well, that's not a plan. You went in there and you just flew by the seat of your pants and you're not going to get your goals that way. Same thing mm-hmm. as true with nutrition. You can't just aimlessly go and be like, I'm going to lose 40 pounds and not change anything and not address what you see in your house. Like you have to make a plan for success. And if you don't, you're going to be down here when you should be up here. So plans are a big piece, but then a lot of people will get stuck in like the perpetual planning stage. And this is where Mm. I was for a while, like between when I lost that 60 pounds and then like actually did something like beyond just running, I was in this full on planning stage. It's like, I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to make these changes. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. But you don't actually take action. And action is the biggest piece is going to keep perpetually pushing you forward, not motivation. And I think that that's kind of the piece of all this, like all of health, fitness, mindset, everything in between is you got to start with a plan, 
but then you've also got to branch that down to like not relying on your motivation. And mm. all that comes down to is if you just take action on that little bit of a plan, motivation will spark itself every single time because you're taking action to see the goals that you want to see. And even though it might not be that rapid goal, you're going to see something change. You're going to get stronger. You're going to build that strong foundational habit around actually showing up for yourself. And then you can move forward knowing all of this really just came from me being consistent. Cool. None of this relies on that immediate motivation kick or that mm. super specific plan. It comes down to like that little bit of plan that you got. Here's those couple of things that we're going to try to do. And then you just stay consistent with it. And it might get boring at times, but that's okay. It doesn't have to be super exciting 100% of the time. You just roll with it and understand that even though it's boring now, I'm building those habits. I'm building that foundation. I'm building that strength to push past this so I can get to that next level that where I want to actually be. I yeah, that's, you're so right. Yeah. I so, think that's where I was so, going with this. Yeah, no, so many people get stuck in that planning loop. And this is coming from somebody that's written a goal-getting journal. And I think like one of the FAQs I have on my site is like, will I get my goals in three months? And it's like, well, it depends yeah. on if you execute. Um, yeah. And, that that execution also gives you evidence that you can do. So coming back to the running example earlier, like twi like trying to run, trying different methodologies of running, that gives you the evidence that you actually can do it. And that's yeah. going to continue to give you the momentum. So it's not that plans aren't important, but you're so right. Exit, like sounds really basic. Like doing the thing is what's going to get you further. <laughs> exactly. You just got to do the damn thing. Like do the damn thing. Seriously. Yeah. But, oh man. And then I think like stepping off of that again, just briefly, you've got to believe in yourself. Like I yeah. can't tell you how many times, like I'm just finishing up, by the way, this is a random tangent. So I apologize for finally tangenting at some point. I knew I would, but um, I've worked as a high school strength coach for years and I'm actually getting out of that now because it just, one, it doesn't align with what I'm doing anymore. And two, with the time that I've got going on investing with the baby in the business, it does not make any sense. So it's actually been a huge hit for me where I'm like, I got to step back from this. But I've seen so many of like my girls that I work with there. My boys, they believe in themselves almost to the point of detriment. But the girls don't believe in themselves hardly at all. And like, for example, I'll go off of like box jumps because for like their explosive days, we'll practice box jumps and I'll stack the steps up and they'll look at it and be like, there's no chance in hell I can jump for this. Like, what are you thinking? I'm like, okay, well, then we'll back it down. And they do like small increments. And then we finally get it up to that point that I set it at the first place. And they still are just like, I don't know. But then one of them does it. And then that person believes in themselves and it just sets this cascading effect of like everyone's like, they can do it. I can do it. And then everyone does it. And it's like, mm. you just got to believe in yourself. Like that's yeah. going to spark so much more. But if you don't believe in yourself, have a fun time. It's going to suck. Yeah. It's kind of like that story. I can't remember the specific, that bloke, he um, ran like a mile in a minute and it took some, like, they thought, oh, was it a mile in a minute? Or I can't remember what this. That's like thing is. rapid pace. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it's something else. Somebody listening to I think this. It was the, I think it was the five minute mile when someone broke. No, it was the four minute mile when he finally broke the four minute four mile. Four minute. Okay. Maybe it was that bloke. And I, I can't remember the numbers, but I know that it, that's really, really fast, actually. Thinking it was. About it. Yeah. yeah, 60 I mile an hour run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, oh my goodness, imagine. I need um another coffee, obviously. But so that, <laughs> okay. that one. I got you. Hey, so that one, obviously, but then everyone else did it once that they literally thought it would break your heart or something. Like you get, you die of a heart attack or something. And then that person yeah. finally went under, let's just say like four minutes in a mile, not a minute in a mile. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Fuck me. Um, and then... <laughs> And then, um, yeah, heaps of other people did it. So like a lot of it is about like breaking your own boundaries, but then like using others as inspiration to break your own boundaries. It's so true. Once you realize that somebody else can do it, the world opens up to you. And the yeah. weird piece is like, we say that with like weight loss, fat loss, and we've seen so much success from all these people, but it always becomes with that self-limiting belief as well of like, mm. well, they could do it, but I have other stuff going on in my life. So I, I just can't do it. I'm not the same as yeah. them. Like, I'm allergic you're not to the running. same as them. Exactly. I'm allergic to running. This should not work for me. Like, you gotta take where you're at and perceive it as you. It's like, you're not them, but you could get there. So I love that 100%. bringing back to the allergic to running. That was epic. That was epic. <laughs> you gotta laugh at yourself, don't you? Oh, you have to. I laugh at myself too often anymore. It's a good thing. 
Yeah, exactly. Ray, we do have a final question on this podcast. And that question is, um, your 19-year-old self, um, what advice would you give to him? It's a good question. Mm. What would I tell my 19-year-old self? Probably just to keep going. Like, as weird as that sounds, and there's more context. Like, is it just like one sentence, one word? Like, what am I telling my 19? Yeah, just a sentence of advice. Like, you can only give him a sentence. Oh, okay. Then I got to change that a little bit. Keep going makes no sense. So in that aspect, probably just honestly, I'll go back to the believe in yourself. Like Mm. keep believing in yourself and don't take what other people are telling you about you so seriously. Mm. Like even though you think what they're telling you is the truth, that's how they perceive you. Mm. So instead of seeing what they're telling you all the time and buying into this fact that you think is fact, that's really just their perspective focus on what you want to actually do and be. And that's going to open up every possible door you can imagine beyond Mm. what you can imagine, but just keep going through that. Yeah, no, you're so right. Focusing on the opinions of others about you and taking that as fact can be so detrimental to your progress. Yeah. In all capacities. So that can, that can weigh a lot on a lot of people. So I'm like, well, that would definitely have helped 19 year old me if I wasn't so stubborn. Yeah. And everything when you're 19 is like such a big deal. <laughs> oh man. I thought I was like an expert at life at 19. And now yeah. I'm looking back and I'm like, God, I was dumb as shit. That's okay. I love yeah. myself anyway. <laughs> we love 19 year old Ray still. <laughs> oh, I love 19 year old Ray still. He taught me everything I know. That's awesome. Ray, I'm sure so many people have just fallen in love with your infectious energy and want to learn more about you. So where can we all find you? Yeah, I love you all, first off. But uh, you can find me literally anywhere under Ray Cook Fit, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Well, Facebook's just Ray Cook the Third. You kind of have to name yourself. And same with LinkedIn. But then I've also got my website, which is bodyrevolutionpnw.com. But yeah, Ray Cook Fit, basically on all Instagram and social media places. Yeah. All the places. Oh, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today, Ray. Um, Thank you you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate your time. This is awesome. No worries. And for everyone listening at home, I hope you're having an awesome time listening to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, whether you're in the car, cleaning the house, whatever you're up to today. Eat well, move well, breathe well. And until next time, keep shining. Uh